Listener Production. Please leave your message after the tone. Why am I jealous of my ex? I am so stressed all the time. How do I get into a routine? Is TikTok making me anxious? I think I'm being manipulated. Someone told me you could live with half a brain. This is Do You Fucking Mind? Mindset Hacks for a Badass Life. Hosted by me, Alexis Fernandez. Hello, my beautiful beans. Welcome to the episode of today. So this is a head noise episode. This is where you guys send me your questions, your your biggest, the things that's going on in your mind that you can't resolve on your own. So you're like, I'm just going to fucking ask Alexis right now and see what she would say. So that's why it's your head noise. We're sharing our head noise and we're going to work through your problems. I'm going to crack it open on the table and work through them together. Okay, so let's just get straight into it. I have so many, so, so many submissions. Thank you so much for everyone that's sending them through. And I hopefully would love to get through all of them at some point. So yeah, I am definitely like slowly working through a whole bunch. But yeah, I do really appreciate every one of you sending through your questions. All right, let's begin. Hi, Alexis. Is it normal for your partner to constantly tell you that they don't trust you? I've just recently gotten back with an ex and he is constantly bringing up my past. We would be talking lovely and be super happy. And next I get spammed with loads of messages, cussing me out and giving me shit for my past. I don't understand if this is normal behavior. Should I put up with it or is this something I shouldn't be dealing with? Okay, so what's definitely happening here is a case of retroactive jealousy. I have an entire podcast episode on that, so I'll link that in the show notes. But it sounds to me, based on the you know limited information that I have, that this is retroactive jealousy. And retroactive jealousy is where you are jealous of your partner's past and it causes you to bring it up, to feel like spiteful animosity towards your partner. It makes you angry. It makes you feel insecure. But it's also something that the partner on the receiving end has no no control over because it was in their past, okay? So you're saying you're getting spammed with loads of messages, cussing you out and giving you shit for your past. Now, if this was ongoing, I would absolutely not put up with it because retroactive jealousy, there's nothing you can do about it because it is in your past. You are entitled to your past. No one, no one can like get to that. He's got his past and he can have that and you've got your past. But for someone to come in and start saying stuff about what you've done in the past and this and that, especially before they knew you, okay, or especially when they weren't with you at least, is very unfair. So what I would suggest you do, number one, is firstly, is he open to discussing this and talking about it? Because I would imagine that he isn't happy with these feelings and he probably would not like these feelings to continue. I mean, some people do, but let's just presume he's a healthy person and he's just going through something. If he is willing to talk about this, then I would then talk to him about, do you feel like you're experiencing retroactive jealousy? Like, what do you feel when you think about, like, really open it up? Because a lot of people have written to me, and when I say a lot, I mean a lot, have written to me saying, 
I never realized I had retroactive jealousy until I listened to that episode and it opened my eyes and I feel so liberated now. I feel like I can really let go. I feel like, or I can learn to let go. I've got the tools now to start working through it. So maybe this guy is just clueless as to what that is, has never really been self-aware enough in that specific topic. And it's just kind of, he's, he's doing this automatically. So I always like to give someone, whenever possible, the benefit of the doubt. If this is somebody that's willing to talk about it, I would 100% talk about the fact that this could be retroactive jealousy. Don't do it in an attacking way. Also, try and bring this up not when he's, you know, having a moment, getting really angry. Also, can I just say, separate to all of that, inappropriate that he is cussing you out because of your past. So that's not okay. Whether he's going to change, whether he's trying to work through it, not okay. And so you need to make that clear. You need to say, listen, I have a feeling that there's something going on, which I'm going to tell you in a second. However, moving forward, that will never happen again. You will never do that to me again. But if you say that, you also have to have consequences for, for him crossing that boundary. So when you set a boundary and if someone crosses it, you've got to do something about it. Otherwise, it's not a boundary. So if he's not willing to talk about it, if I were you, it's just not good enough. I'm sorry. I would not put up with that shit. It just doesn't make sense. You can't have someone attack you for your past. You can't change your past, nor should you. You probably wouldn't want to change your past. I don't know. But you can't change it. There's nothing you can do about it. And they, don't, they can't change it either. So what are you going to do? Sit there and resent each other until the end of time? That doesn't make sense. I'd rather be single and live in the jungle. Okay. Hopefully that helped. But yeah, check the show notes. There'll be link link to the episode. If this person is a good communicator, send him the episode and let him listen to it. I've had people in their 60s who have messaged me saying, you've literally saved my marriage because I used to be so jealous and my partner was on the brink of leaving me and I told them I've listened to this episode. You should listen to it too. And they've been able to work through this retroactive jealousy. It can be worked through. It can completely be overcome. That's the beauty of it. So hopefully that helps. All right, next question. Hi, Alexis. I'm so curious on your opinion of the situation I've been going through. My boyfriend and I met a year and a half ago and he told me he has genital herpes before the first time we hooked up. I was totally freaked out at first and I took some time to think about it, which he was patient about. I gave it some time and did my research, coming to the conclusion that I would be okay with dating if we could use condoms, avoid sex during an outbreak, and I could take my time getting comfortable with oral sex. I was a little afraid of getting oral HSV2. I told him I would want to have these precautions in place for the early stages until we feel that we would be thinking about being together forever, in which case it wouldn't bother me too much. He was completely on board and he said he wanted to, to do anything to keep me safe. So far, so good. I'd, that's me saying so far, so good. There was a time in the beginning of the relationship where we were doing something where I wasn't sure if I was at risk. So I asked and he got extremely emotional, breaking down and being incredibly pissed at me for having made him feel awkward. When we talked about it a few days later, he called me a narcissist for saying I made it more important for me to worry about myself before anything happened, not caring about how that would make him feel. Fast forward a couple of months and he started getting really upset with me saying I don't please him sexually, that I make him feel dirty and ruin his self-confidence because of the precautions I put in place. He compared me multiple times to his ex who he said didn't have a problem with it at all and it was as if it didn't exist and he wanted to feel that way again. This absolutely crushed me so I told him that wasn't in my comfort zone and that he may have to find someone else then. He stayed with me but continued to press me calling me abusive for putting restrictions on him and saying when he brought it up 
I was more concerned with me not catching it than how he feels sexually. The relationship got extremely rocky and every time there was a small conflict, he would threaten to leave. So I never got more comfortable, which I explained to him multiple times. We've now been together for a year and a half and things just keep getting worse. The guilt placed on me about how I've ruined his confidence, made him feel different, quote unquote, and don't satisfy him sexually is extremely overbearing. I've gotten comfortable enough for oral, mostly because he was so upset about it. Mm. So I don't know if that's you being comfortable or feeling like you have to. But he still constantly complains that I'm not fully accepting him while ignoring me, saying that I can't when he's constantly threatening to break up with me. Now, when I try to initiate sex, he pulls away and says that I make him feel uncomfortable, even though I haven't done anything but set my boundaries, which are pretty reasonable, I think. The last time he did this, he burst into tears and I held him all night while he cried. He woke up in the morning and attacked me about making him feel so shitty about himself and not being accepting of him. I feel like a complete asshole staying with him knowing that it hurts him to have these boundaries, but I know it's just while we're dating and I've given him the option to walk away multiple times and he won't. I can't stop taking precautions to help him feel more comfortable because I know that I'll be upset if I get pressured into it and then contract it, especially if he breaks up with me like he says he will and I will have to date again. Sometimes I feel like he is in the wrong for staying with me and guilting me so heavily for doing what makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't feel that he has empathy, that I have a huge amount of guilt for hurting him, but the only way to help him is to go against what I feel safe with. Neither of us can seem to walk away from this relationship, but the tension is causing constant arguments and really hurting him. I know it's selfish, but I'm having a hard time walking away from someone and leaving them with the feeling that I mistreated him and left him with all this damage, but I also can't stay and continue to, quote, ruin his life. What would you do? Okay, this is a fucking great, great, great question. Thank you so much for sending this in. I've had a few people actually write to me about either they have ex- they have herpes, genital herpes, they have experience with it or their partner has, and it's something that a lot of people go through. I can't – I don't remember the percentage right now. I don't have it off the top of my head, but it's it's a big percentage of people that do have this, and I think that awareness around it is super, super important. I believe, because you're asking me what I would do in this situation, I believe that the boundaries that you have set are completely reasonable, are completely understandable. My question here is, would he want to risk you getting it? And if so, why? You know, it's, it's, I understand that initially those conversations would have been difficult for him. Of course they would have been. But for him not to understand the boundaries that you're putting in place, you know, I'm sure that if, if it was the other way around, would he want to put these boundaries in place? Most likely, I would imagine, you know, that's just what people do. You're not saying, I don't want to be with you, I this, I that. You're saying, I love you. I want to be with you. Let's work through this together. How can we make this work? And then you've thought about the boundaries, which sound extremely reasonable. And then he's not happy with it. So I think a lot of this actually has to do with this internalized shame that he holds around having this which I think comes from a lot of people not talking about it. A lot of people who have it don't want to share it, don't want to talk about it. It's very, you know, they feel a lot of shame around it. But in reality, probably don't know that so many people that they know are going through the same thing just behind closed doors. So maybe this feeling that he's having around having herpes is actually causing him to lash out and attack you. And also he might be feeling like it's so unfair that I've got it and now you get the luxury of like choosing to not have it and this and that. Not that he actively would want you to have it, but I think this is a lot more internalized and he's lashing out at you. So if you don't do anything, it's just going to get worse. 
because I don't think this one thing that's not a solution is you crossing your own boundaries and or, or pulling your boundaries away and doing something that you're not comfortable doing. That will never result in a successful outcome ever because you're going to end up resenting the relationship and him or both and yourself. Okay. So you've put these boundaries in place. You're comfortable with those boundaries that you've put. The only time you felt uncomfortable about the boundaries is when he has had a problem with it. But that's not the point of a boundary. The boundary is so you feel comfortable and safe. So the solution here is not to change your boundaries. The solution, if there is a solution, is for him to start to kind of look into how he feels about this. And this ideally if it is an option, should be done in therapy. It should be done talking with him, talking to a professional. He can include you in it as well. I think that can be very helpful, but I think it's very much a personal thing for him as well to really be able to process this on his own terms as well. So if he would be willing to do that and talk about it and for you to say, I'm happy to come with you and talk about it. I want us to feel comfortable and feel like we're a team working through this, but if my actions to protect myself are going to forever hurt you, then this relationship is only ever going to continue to suffer. And if he turns around and says, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to have therapy. I don't want to do counseling. I don't want to do any of this. I don't want to do my own research into how I can feel better about it. Then you have two options. Your options are to leave, obviously, or to stay knowing that this is just going to continue, but this will not remedy itself. So you're going to have to I would personally 100% just suggest, let's talk about it. I'll come with you. I want to do this with you and then go from there. But just so you feel, I don't know if this makes you feel more comfortable, but I personally think those boundaries are completely appropriate. It's completely fine. It's boundaries are put in place to make you feel safe. Okay. So you've done that. And just because someone's hurt or offended or whatever, this is a very healthy boundary that you've set, okay? It's all putting parameters for you to feel safe. I don't think it's fair for someone to say that my sexual needs come in front of your boundaries. And it's fine to for him to feel personally hurt because of what he's going through and it's unfair, but it's not fine for him to then project that on you and say that you've mistreated him. That's not fair, okay? So while he's hurting, he might then be lashing out and hurting you in return, but it still doesn't make it okay. It's something that needs to be addressed in order for the relationship to kind of proceed in the healthiest way possible. So 100% he's got internalized shame or, you know, these awful feelings that he's feeling about himself, maybe doesn't feel good enough. And then is using your actions as the reason as to why he's not feeling good enough. Hopefully that helped. There's so much information about it now. Um, there's a few, actually, if you guys listen to my friend's podcast, Happy Hour with Lucy and Nikki, they interviewed this great woman. I forgot her name, but I'll... We'll have to, I'll have to find the episode and hopefully link it in the show notes. But she has herpes and she talks about it on the episode and she's so open and vulnerable and it's just phenomenal. So resources like that are going to be very, 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 very helpful for both of you. Thank you so much for writing in. I really, really appreciate it. That's a great fucking question. Thanks for being vulnerable as well. Next question. Hi, Alexis. After listening to your latest podcast on limerence versus love, I'd like to know where attachment style comes into play with limerence. 
From previous trauma in my life, I've had a discussion with my psychologist that I'm anxiously attached and have, a, and have huge relationship anxiety from said trauma. I started to date again and really fancy this person that I've been on a few dates with, but I wouldn't say I'm obsessed. How do you know the difference between limerence taking over versus this relationship anxiety slash anxious attachment or can they coexist? Awesome question. Okay. Yes, they can coexist. Absolutely. But... Firstly, let's talk about the difference between limerence and love, whether it's attached, whether it's secure attachment, anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, regardless of your attachment style, love in any form of attachment style versus limerence can be differentiated. So that's the beauty of it. And the difference is true connection and getting to know the other person with limerence. You're more in love with the idea of the person. Okay, so you create this image. It's pretty fucking perfect. Um, it often happens after one day. Like, well, I mean, you've listened to the episode that I did, but it, it, it very much is centered around this fairy tale. With love, you can still feel these highs that you'd feel with limerence, but the difference is that you are able to be yourself around them. You're able to show them multiple facets of who you are, not just the one you think they want to see. You are comfortable expressing yourself in the way you want to express. You can talk about your own real opinions and you're not just agreeing. You're not just trying to please them. You're not just trying to be this perfect image that you think they want to see. So you're being real and open and honest with them um, in the way in the way that relationships naturally unfold. It doesn't have to be like, here's everything about my life on the first date. It could, but it's just you being honest with who you are and vice versa. You're seeing that person share things about themselves. You're able to disagree or share different views. You're able to share differences about your life and be like, that's so interesting and discuss it and, and kind of grow together. And you'll start to notice this. That's why in the initial stages of dating, it's not that clear to separate, especially if you're really into somebody, but you'll start to notice very, very quickly as the dating progresses, limerence doesn't really go past this lust and this superficial relationship. Love very quickly starts to deepen, deepen, deepen on an emotional connection level. So whether you are anxious attached, secure attached, disorganized attached, avoidant attached, you are still capable of forming more of an emotional connection with somebody. Some people, obviously, they have their walls up more, they have all this, but they're still willing to show the real them. They're not thinking, I've got to be this, this facade, this perfect version of myself in order, in order for them to like me. I've put them on a pedestal. It doesn't have to be that, no matter what your attachment style. So that's the difference there. Now, if you are feeling anxiously attached, if you are someone that is anxiously attached, especially in the dating scene, then it's going to be, obviously, you're going to have heightened emotions around when this person's replying. Are they messaging you enough? You're going to question things a whole lot more. You're going to be in your head a lot. You're going to read into a text or things way more than maybe somebody who's secure attached. But you'll know the difference between limerence because in limerence, you're basically trying to mold yourself into who you think they want to see. And you will notice your behaviors. You will notice a shift in yourself. And, and it's this uncomfortable feeling because you, it's like you're trying too hard. That's what it feels like. It's like I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. It's like exhausting because you so badly want them to like you. When you're truly dating someone, it's a mix between I want this person to like me, but I also want to know if I like them 
That's how you know if you're in a comfortable, if you're having a comfortable date. If you're checking in with yourself throughout the day being like, how am I feeling? Do I like them? Because it's not about all about, you're not the one being interviewed. You're mutually interviewing each other. So what happens with limerence is you're not thinking about, do I like them? You're like, oh, they've got to like me. They've got to like me. They've got, you're already obsessed. So you're like, they could do anything. And it's just, that's just, oh, that, that didn't mean that it's an outlier. You're, you just, you're obsessed. So that's another really good thing to do. Next time you go on a date with this person, just make sure you're like, do I actually like this person for this trait, for how they spoke to this other person, for how their behaviors are, for how they treat me? And if the answer is yes, based on proper analysis, and if they're willing to open up and talk to you and you can disagree about things, then it's likely you just have a big crush, which I love for you. Um, hopefully that helps. Good times. Um, that is all for the episode of today. I got through, what was that? Three. Thank you so much for sending in your questions. I absolutely love, not only do I love reading them and responding to them, but I also love how so many of these questions come from all around the world. A lot of you guys will then say, obviously, because I, regardless, I always will keep it anonymous, but it's like from this bean in and they mention the country that they're from. And it, literally I get emails from all around the world. It's very, very fucking cool. So love you guys so much. Love the community. If you do want to send in your question, you can do so via the website or you can send an email to info at dyfmpod.com and we get all the questions together and then we pick out the ones for the episode. Thank you so much. Love you guys so much. And as always, remember, be kind to yourself, be kind to your brain. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke. Listener.